Ah, a press conference. Such a distinguished event. A group of highly professional and well-trained media come together to report upon an event of public interest. Things are explained. Questions are answered. A, a truly dignified affair. Well, in the words of politics, pop culture, and traditional stick and ball sports, press conferences have been known to go just a bit off course at times. If Shia LaBeouf, Alan Iverson, and even Jim Moran can't quite keep it together for a presser, what happens when the men and women on the podium are scheduled to beat each other up for the pleasure of you drunken malcontents? Boxing has a particularly interesting highlight of press conference meltdowns, but in mixed martial arts, we're a lot more civilized, right? Mm, anyway. Hello, it's me, Balian from MMA on Point, and here are 10 press conferences that went completely off the rails. Number 10. James Gallagher at Bellator 223 To be completely honest, the press conference at Bellator 223 was pretty boring overall. The fighters mostly talked the same trash they talked to one another about a whole lot of nothing, and the fighters in the top three bouts were taking the stage afterwards. The media being the only ones in attendance, there just wasn't that much energy in the building. The only bright spot came courtesy of Conor McGregor doppelganger and teammate James Gallagher. With his opponent Jeremiah Labiano ready and willing to engage in verbal combat, the two went back and forth with one of Labiano's coaches adding his two cents at the underdog, including a fart noise. You sit there and shut your fucking mouth, you're a coach. <laughs> you're a coach, let your fighter do his thing. You sit and shut your fucking mouth. Shut your fucking mouth. Shut your fucking mouth. Shut your mouth, mate. When the fighters were posed for stare downs, Fabiano purposely walked into Gallagher's fist so he could tell him that it would be the last time he touched his face. Gallagher responded by faking a handshake, leaving Fabiano hanging. Something about that interaction didn't sit well with somebody because moments after stepping off of the stage. Afterwards, they placed the blame on one another with Gallagher singling out the aforementioned coach. He's hiding behind his students. Imagine someone hiding behind their student. I feel sorry for Jeremiah. Number nine, Chael versus Bisping. Now, we all know Chael Sonnen is known to be a bit outrageous when there's anything resembling an audience in front of him. And while we could compile a list just solely of his antics, perhaps his star shine the brightest in the pre-fight press conference ahead of his bout with Michael Bisping on the second UFC on Fox event. Before things had officially begun, Sonnen's fresh championship belt turned heads. Undefeated and undisputed. With Chael only one fight removed from being submitted by Anderson Silver at UFC 117, this was a clear sign of what was to come. Of course, his pre-scripted lines were on display as he followed every sincere answer with a classic rehearsed line. You're looking at the man with the biggest arms, the man with the greatest charm. And as an added bonus, headliners Rashad Evans and Phil Davis engage in a particularly bizarre sort of friendly, passive-aggressive trash talk that included a spirited debate about wrestling technique. I I watched you wrestle in college and it was trash. Wow. Repeated accusations of drug use. Davis threatened to break his hand on his opponent's head and Evans calling him the love child of John Sally and Arsenio Hall. Phil looking like Arsenio Hall and John Sally had a baby. <laughs> But of course, as entertaining as those two were, they couldn't steal the show from Westlin's resident gangster. When my music hits those speakers, I'll make that walk and I will stomp him for five full rounds. Number eight, Colby versus Tyron. 
The feud between Tyron Woodley and Colby Covington was red hot. As former training partners at American Top Team with glaringly opposite worldviews, it was a genuine grudge match that fans needed to see and the rankings demanded. Unfortunately, promotional hijinks got in the way of the meeting when Woodley had the belt and Covington had an interim strap. But without a belt on the line and no love lost between the two, they were finally prepared for the main event of UFC Fight Night 178. The combination of Colby's diehard support for President Trump, Woodley's outspoken commitment to social justice issues, and the increasing tension, political and racial, in the country around them, it seemed like a slam dunk for the UFC to capitalize upon. Surprisingly, the UFC didn't do a lot to promote the fight, but we get a great presser out of it, especially when the two were in close proximity and with a hot mic. Well, not so much, actually. Just a couple of hours before it was scheduled to begin, the UFC announced that what was a one-on-one -on -one presser for the main event would be a showcase for the undercard without the headliners. Instead, the two would face the media separately. Woodley took the podium sporting a parody MAGA hat and Colby's version of pro wrestling stick fell flat without an audience or foe to feed off of. I'm not really worried about anything Tyron does. The only thing that I'm going to be worried about is if he tries to rap in that octagon. Number 7. Kem Shamrock and James Tony. One of the most ridiculous chapters in MMA history is the literal tour of harassment James Tony went on to get his shot in the UFC. Once he put his money where his mouth is, who's better, MMA or boxing? He's the only boxer crazy enough to step up and actually take this I'm challenge. And this, of course, culminated in the former world boxing champion's loss to Randy Couture at UFC 118. While this should have spelled the end of his ambitions to show off that deadly side check kick, Lights Out made another another plan to face another MMA legend and former champion Ken Shamrock in 2011 in a mixed rules bout to be held in the regulatory stronghold of El Paso, Texas. The two sat down in front of the media at a press conference in Van Nice, California to promote the event. After explaining the hybrid rule set which limited ground time with the so-called shot clock, the two exchanged homophobic innuendo while threatening each other with their individual skill sets. I promise you I will not take you down. Not until I put my hands in your face and I put a beating on you and then I'll take you down. You ain't gonna do nothing. Come on, wherever they we fighting on, I'm gonna beat your ass. But things quickly got out of hand as the two had to be held back from one another. So of course, the stare down gave them yet another chance to flirt. That's as close as you're gonna get to me without getting hurt. Fuck you, sissy! Much to the delight of our good and pure souls, the fight was postponed and eventually cancelled. Thank the fucking Lord. Number 6. Bellator 216. Bellator 216 was one of the biggest disappointments in MMA history. The highly anticipated matchup between knockout artists Paul Daly and Michael Venom Page turned into an absolute stinker that was slow-paced and completely defied expectations of a fantastic striking battle. But we did get to see this press conference. The two rivals were relentless. They were constantly cutting each other off and every single question, no matter how mundane, turned into ammunition for another back and forth exchange of words. He says I'm a little bit erratic in all of this, which I can be, but for this fight, You're I'm a bitch. I'm, I'm, this is why how he got you know kicked me? out of the UFC. How do you know me? How do you know dick? me? 
Do you know me? Do you know me? The best part about the whole thing was how noticeably irritated Scott Coker was while sitting in between the two men. Do your thing. Let's keep it. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Do your thing. After repeatedly pleading with both men to stop long enough for one question to be asked, he had finally had enough. In a move that pretty much no other fight promoter would have pulled, he cut the festivities short and abruptly ended the press conference just as the world was witnessing true animosity. Considering this fight should have taken place in London, it is strangely appropriate that it happened at this press conference instead. <laughs> Burn. Number five, Connor versus Aldo. The UFC put a ton of effort into promoting what was supposed to be UFC 189, with Conor McGregor storming into the mainstream with a string of impressive performances and the dominant featherweight champion Jose Aldo standing in the way. It was a guaranteed recipe for box office and pay-per-view success. So the promotion decided to stage a world tour to maximize the level of hype. And during the entire tour, McGregor did his best to antagonize the champion. My father raised me like this, uh, like a man. Tell him I said, I am his daddy. But with the final stop being in McGregor's hometown of Dublin, Ireland, the challenger felt that he really needed to show out. With a packed convention center chanting, cheering, and singing, it was clear Aldo would get no mercy from the crowd. They were so loud that it was hard to even hear what questions were being asked. When the usually stoic Aldo decided to declare himself the king of Dublin, McGregor decided it'd be the perfect time to snatch the belt in front of Aldo off the table. Connor held it up proudly as Dana White and UFC security held back Aldo and wrested the belt away. While things didn't get physical again, the crowd directed more than a few drunken and mean-spirited questions at Aldo, and this insanely adorable kid nearly finessed his way into a UFC contract. Number 4. Golden Boy MMA there's very little to like about Golden Boy MMA's lone venture into mixed martial arts. Beyond the fact that the woefully outdated trilogy match between Chuck Bedell and Tito Ortiz was slated to headline, it was played by a stunning disinterest by the man who was putting on the show. The Fight Week press conference is probably the best example of this. After treating those in attendance and watching the live stream to a terrible mix of pop music after a delay caused by rival promotions staging their own presser, a sniffling and clueless Oscar De La Hoya took to the stage to sell this haphazardly promoted and put together event. Despite him trying to convince anyone who would listen that this was a top-level fight, the Golden Boy founder couldn't even pronounce Liddell's name properly. Golden Boy MMA uh, presents Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz. Even with a good amount of the undercard fighters sitting directly behind him, De La Hoya drew a blank on any of their names while simultaneously trying to sell the quality of the matchups. I don't have a good memory to... Uh, to uh, Remember every single name, but we, we have all the fighters here. I do uh, like to call up to the podium um, Tom Lawler, who uh, is a light heavyweight. To make matters worse, the press have followed the traditional format of boxing events with rambling speeches from a host of involved parties, including a California State Athletic Commission official and Ortiz's manager. I don't give a fuck. It was a train wreck from start to finish, including Tito's disastrously ugly shoes. But at least Antonio McKee made it clear that Liddell isn't a racist. By the way, this video's writer spent an unnecessarily two hours in the forum parking lot because Golden Boy didn't send an email about the delay. Now that I can't abide. Number 3. Connor and Nate at UFC 202 
We could have easily turned our attention to the first time Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz shared their microphone. The press conference ahead of the late change to UFC 196 was a stuff of legends. But somehow the odd couple found a way to top it. After Diaz's stunning upset, the rematch was set for UFC 202 and among the most anticipated fights in the sport's history. As the fight week presser began, tension was thick in the air as a volatile combination of Stockton and Dublin were expected to make another memorable moment. Only Connor was a no-show. Then the featherweight champion's habit of tiredness didn't stop the presser from beginning. His late entry seemed to irritate Diaz, who soon after the Irishman's arrival stormed off the stage while speaking only the kindest of words to his bitter rival. Then, flanked by an entourage that included brother and fellow fighter Nick and longtime training partner Jake Shields, Diaz began tossing water bottles towards the stage. McGregor snatched up the water bottles and energy drink cans in front of him and hurled them back. Las Vegas police, venue security, and UFC personnel trying to get the situation under control, Dana White pulled the plug on the event. It was still one of the best press conferences we ever had, and the Nevada State Athletic Commission fined both men, as well as an innocent bystander who took a can of Monster to the head. Hell of an advertisement, though. Number 2. Kevin Lee versus Michael Chiesa you know the rules on the playground. Don't insult anybody's mum if you expect to stay out of trouble. But just mentioning someone's mother in proper context without any disrespect intended should be okay, right? Well, not if you're Michael Chiesa. At the UFC's 2017 summer kickoff press conference, Chiesa and Kevin Lee were set to main event at UFC 112 and were among the many fighters on the stage. When asked about the matchup, Lee, who looked like he was fresh off the set of a 90s R&B video, revealed his plans to dominate Chiesa. I'm going to change his life on June 25th. Uh, by June yeah, I'm going to get another $50,000 bonus, you goop. You know, yeah, whole, you're going to change my whole... life. I want to make more money off you. All was fairly routine. That was until Lee matter-of-factly stated that Kiesa's mum would likely be attending the fight. I just hope uh, he shows up because I know his mama got tickets. So Shut know, the fuck up, up about, hey, you can, don't talk row. about my mom for yeah. one. Don't you ever oh, talk about my know, mom. I'm going to smack uh, the fuck out of you right now. Don't you ever talk about my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's good? Just as UFC staff got between the men, Lee landed the only punch of their brief melee. The two were escorted off the stage and John Morgan asked Claudia Gadelia a question like nothing ever happened. Personally, I feel for Michael Chiesa. After losing his father during the filming of The Ultimate Fighter, you know he won't take any nonsense about his mum. Number 1. DC vs. John Jones While mentioning press events getting out of hand and the two all-time greats that deeply hate one another in the same sentence, you might have the poor image of Dade Scholler trying his best to hold back the light heavyweight champions at the MGM Grand. But that wasn't a press conference, that was actually a media day, so uh, yeah, we're getting technical here. But it gives us a chance to talk about another time these two get into it outside of the cage. Shortly before Kevin Lee and Michael Chiesa came to blows regarding parental figures, a similar spat began between DC and Jones. Ironically, it was actually Michael Chiesa who had previously filmed DC angrily shouting at Jones about mentioning his children, with security pulling the two apart and Kelvin Gastelum standing in for Shola. This is the reason why they open these before the conference starts so they're not full. <laughs> they did refer to the melee at the start of the presser, and then we got some sweet one-liners. Is this guy going to mess this up again by doing 
steroids or snorting cocaine or sandblasting prostitutes. That's one hell of a weekend for a millionaire druggie. Things really boiled over after the stage was cleared for the stare-down photos. After Jones stepped back on the stage with a championship belt despite officially no longer holding a title, an agitated Cormier approached him while holding his belt like a weapon. Once again, security kept the men separate and no typical stare-down occurred. Big shout out and thank you to Max Randall for editing this video. You can follow him on Twitter at Max underscore Randall. Thank you to the writer of today's video, Rob Palin. You can follow him on Twitter at the Robert Palin. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you very much for watching everyone today. Please go ahead and like and subscribe if you did enjoy the content. We upload at least three videos every week for your viewing pleasure. Go ahead and leave a comment below if you want to join in the discussion and follow us on Twitter at MMA on Point and myself at Balian underscore plays. You can now jump in and join the community discord as well if you want to continue the discussion further and I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I'll see you in the next one.